0: The book that follows the book of Judges is the book of Ruth. Ruth should have been smack dab in the middle of Judges, for it happened smack dab in the middle of the period of the Judges, probably during the time of Gideon, at a time where everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. The story of Ruth records a man and a woman who do what is right. I hate to be a spoiler, but this is my podcast, so I'm going to tell you this story. A couple, Ahimelech and Naomi, live near Bethlehem. They have two boys. A severe famine comes, forcing them to flee the area. They flee, of all places, to the enemy country of Moab. While they were there, tragedy strikes for Naomi. Ahimelech, her husband, dies. Lingering because of famine, her two sons fall for two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. Then double tragedy strikes Naomi again. Both her sons die leaving her with her two Moabite widows. Naomi becomes a bitter woman. Bitter at God. In fact, she changes her name to Mara, which means bitter. I'm bitter. God has treated me bitterly. Soon she decides to move back to her own people. They head west but don't get very far before the bitter Naomi turns to her two daughters-in-law and says, Go home. Orpa gives her a kiss, and probably with a sigh of relief, heads back east to her own people. Ruth wouldn't budge. She clung to her bitter mother-in-law, and then she made this oath. Don't beg me to leave you or to stop from following after you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I'll die, and there I will be buried. May God do to me and even more so if anything but death separates us. Wow, a Moabite widow, making a forever pledge to her bitter Jewish mother-in-law. Imagine, two widows with no one to care for them, heading back to Israel, where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Well, not everyone. Back in the Bethlehem area, they settle into an impoverished life. Ruth gets up early and goes out into a neighboring field to glean, God had instructed in his law to allow people to glean in your fields and among your groves. They were not to pick their fields and vineyards clean. This was God's welfare system. Ruth happens on the field of a man named Boaz. In a nation where everyone did what was right in their own eyes, Boaz does right by Ruth. He allows her to glean in his fields. In fact, he instructs his workers to drop a little extra. God had commanded them to receive and protect the aliens among them, And that's precisely what Boaz did. He instructed his workers, don't even think about bothering this woman. Got it? Ruth is struck by this kind man. Why are you treating me like this? He responds, I've heard about your kindness to your mother-in-law. I think it's amazing. Ruth gets home with a real haul from gleaning. She describes her day to her mother-in-law. When Ruth drops the name of the owner of the field to her mother-in-law, Naomi goes white the man is a close relative to two widows, a lifeboat. Under God's law, if a man died and left a widow, his near relative was asked to marry her, have children, and continue the family line. She explains this to her daughter-in-law Ruth, the Moabitess. Boaz has invited her to continue to come back and glean during the entire harvest, and she takes him up on it. You get the idea from the story they both like each other, though Boaz is a bit older. With the harvest almost complete, Naomi comes up with a plan for Ruth. The next night will be a harvest party. She gives Ruth some instructions and Ruth listens. Remember during the time of Gideon, the Midianites would swoop in and steal or destroy Israel's harvest. So the owner and his workers would sleep around the grain piles. Boaz goes and lays down by one of the piles and falls asleep. Ruth tiptoes up to Boaz and lies down by his feet. Boaz awakes. When he asks who's at his feet in the dark, she says, It's me, Ruth. Cover me with your blanket. Ruth is following Naomi's orders to the T. She's not being inappropriate or flirty. She's proposing to Boaz. In saying, cover me with your blanket, she's saying, Do what God asked you to do to widows with no sons. Boaz is overjoyed. He accepts. But then he realized there was one small problem. There was an order of priority for marrying a widow without a son under God's laws. He was number two in line. There was one ahead of him. Wait a minute, Boaz. You clearly like this girl. She wants to be your wife. This is the time where everyone does what's right in their eyes marry the girl. But you don't know Boaz. Boaz was a man who wanted to do what was right. The next morning he summoned the first in line to the city gates where business was done. He explained the situation. He explained that there was Naomi's son's land involved. The first in line was excited to increase his land portfolio. Then Boaz reminded him of the other part of God's law, taking on the widow and raising up a family who would inherit that property. Number one wanted no part of that. There at the city gate, Number One signed a release and Boaz made it official. He would marry the widow, Ruth, the Moabite, and take in Naomi, her widowed mother-in-law. Boaz and Ruth were married, and soon she was carrying Boaz's baby. Suddenly Mara was Naomi again. The women of the village came to her home and said, That woman, Ruth, she's better than seven sons to you. Ruth and Boaz had a son, and they named him Obed. Obed spent a lot of time on Grandma Naomi's lap. When Obed was grown, he married and gave Boaz and Ruth a grandson, Jesse. And when Jesse grew up, he gave Boaz and Ruth seven great-grandsons. You may recognize the name of that last great-grandson, David, perhaps Israel's greatest king. But there's something better still in our story. In the New Testament book of Matthew, Boaz and Ruth, two people who did what was right, are listed in the family tree of Jesus. Their faithfulness, individually and together, will look even more beautiful and rare when we return to the story of Judges in our next word picture.